Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Abby. This is episode something. Episode something in the 20s. Thank you so much for listening again. Or if this is your first time, welcome to Dear Abby. This is a podcast hosted by me. And it's really just personal stories, journal. It's like a it's like my own journal entry pretty much every single week. We talk about all sorts of things ranging from Dungeons and Dragons to depression, OCD, mental health. Today we're talking about divorce. If you haven't been divorced, this will still apply to you. It's really just talking about stigmas around it, things that we can do to support people who have been divorced around us, and just talk about that topic in general. So I'm excited to get into that. But yeah, this is this is a podcast that selfishly I started because I kind of wanted it to be therapy for me to talk about my mental health journey, my recovery with some mental illness and recovery is looking different every day for me. So sometimes I think I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm healed. I'll never have an OCD spiral again. Nothing can scare me. And then something does. And then I can't sit with the uncertainty. And then we start the process all over again. I'm excited about today's episode. I also just uh, started my period like 20 minutes ago. So I'm in a bit of a mood. However, I'm still excited to be here because today's the day I need to just talk. Just talk and talk and talk. I did put a bunch of things on my story. Uh, I put like a list of different things on my story. I had people answer questions about it. So I'll be going, going over what I gathered from all the information and what people were saying about their divorce or about infidelity different uh, there's just a bunch of stuff to get into I do have some life updates we're also that's not all we're going to do today we're going to talk about where I'm at with my recovery with everything and then we'll do we'll talk about the main divorce divorce say stuff then we'll do some dear Abby well we'll not some we're going to do one dear Abby question we have voicemails Again, you guys, that that would be awesome if you could go leave a voicemail for the number that's in the description below. You just it can be serious, it can be silly, it can be whatever you want it to be. So, I love hearing from you guys. Sometimes we only have written submissions. I like those too, but I like to hear the voice. I think it adds to the the podcast. And again, if you want me to distort your voice, just let me know and I can. And then after that, we'll do a fun little game. So I'm excited for today and I'm trying to be positive because again, my uterus is throbbing in pain and I'm also just feel dull in my brain. I feel like it's not letting me feel any good feelings today, but let's go, but let's go. Let's freaking do this thing. This week has been a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like this week I've been really releasing a lot of energy, releasing, releasing a lot of stuff stored up in my body a lot of movement is happening I feel like in my body I have 
again, those weird dreams. And when I sleep, I wake up in a panic. And I, I literally feel like before I go to bed still, some nights it's a little more calm, but it's like the second I have to go to bed, my brain just turns on turbo speed and it runs through all of my fears, my greatest fears, and is having me try to figure it out. Well, wants me to figure it out, but I don't want to because I can't. So I just have to sit with it. I also feel very overwhelmed, I think, with just life right now. I have a lot that I'm doing and I'm trying to balance it all. And still, I, I, I feel scared that I'm ignoring feelings by just being kind of like a workaholic. I have a lot of different jobs right now. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to just delay some healing or something that I can help myself with. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on how much distrust I have with myself. I think that's uh, something I hear a lot with people who are recovering from OCD and a plethora of different things, but just a feeling of not being able to trust yourself, not knowing what like intuition is. Because for me, I feel like my whole life, my OCD has felt like intuition. But all that's led me to is the darkest times of my life. It's just dumb stuff where I walk a different way or even, for example, just to let you guys know the weird things that my brain has gotten me scared of. I actually hate when people intuition is very triggering for me specifically so talking about it is very triggering I'm getting really anxious right now it's not very comfortable <sighs> okay but these I just wanted to list off random things that my OCD has made me feel like are real fears and scares me just so you guys don't feel as weird if you have even people that don't have OCD just weird random fears when my OCD was probably at its peak uh, not at its peak, when it was kind of starting to get to a place of of very debilitating, I wouldn't try to drink anything that had electrolytes in it, which is a lot of things and literally just water pretty much. But there is these electrolyte drinks that um, I was scared to drink because I thought, and I know how, trust me, even when this was happening, I know how irrational it is. And it's not, it's not even scientifically correct. But this is how convincing OCD can feel, just so people get an understanding. I wouldn't drink it because my brain had convinced me that if I drank it, I would electrocute my brain to the point where it would be like an internal electrocution if I drink too much water or anything that had electrolytes, which I don't know if, I guess water does. I, I, I think electrolytes are pretty much just salt, right? Like salt and water, that's what I, whatever. But anyways, there was, yeah, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would steer clear from anything that had electrolytes in it. So I would literally stop drinking water because I also didn't understand what had electrolytes in it or not. So I wouldn't drink as much water and I would be scared to drink, period. That was not, not good. Uh, I definitely lost my appetite, but I was also really depressed. Drinking or eating food, specifically meat at home or at a restaurant, I still... Uh, sometimes asking for reassurance, which I'm realizing just now that that's what I'm doing. But even if meat looks cooked or if it looks a little bit red or pink, I also don't have a lot of meat ex experience, but I would very obsessively and compulsively seek reassurance in the way of being like, are you sure this is done? Are you sure? Like, am I going to get sick from this? Is this fully cooked? Can you smell it? Can you sniff it? Can you wait, touch it and make sure that the texture is right? 
it was like I wouldn't trust my senses initially. And I think that's a main thing for OCD is you kind of don't trust your senses. Okay, anyways, I'm just going to go through all of these things. Uh, weird feeling of breathing. Almost like I was like my brain would tell me that my throat felt like sandpaper. And so I would breathe and it would I could almost feel it scratching my throat every time I would breathe. That was horrible. Just weird, random textural things in my body. Um, like my body's grainy. It would make my skin feel grainy. Like cotton mouth where my mouth would be like sandpapery. Again, just weird texture stuff. Uh, existential stuff would be like, who's sending me these thoughts right now? Because I would read all these things of like your thoughts or your brain is like a radio station. You tune into things. So I would obsess over what I'm tuning into. And that was really overwhelming. That just triggered me again because I remember that one pretty uh, vividly because that one still sometimes is like an obsession for me. And again, I don't even know why I care. It's just my brain does not like not knowing everything for sure. Walking on my limbs evenly, I would want to walk in a way that was even. I don't even know how to explain that other than I'd want to walk where I felt like I was evenly distributing the weight on either side. Uh, my face, I didn't like to look at my face for a while. It was kind of distorted to me. I didn't want to look into my eyes. I think everyone kind of disassociates when they look at themselves in the mirror for too long. But uh, I would look at myself and my face would be crooked and I would obsess over that. Um, and just it would make me f like have a lot of self-hatred and self-loathing. You know, just this the depersonalization, derealization, nothing feeling real. My limbs would all of a sudden feel like they're too long or too heavy. Like, what if my limbs get heavy? I've had that since I was a kid. I'd randomly get scared of like having really thick arms to where they hang. They're really heavy for me to lift. I don't know why that's scary to me, but it is. Um, there's literally so many other things that I have like so many things listed on this. I just wanted to name random stuff so that maybe I'm the only one that feels like this. But from what I know about OCD, this is not these specific things in common, but the weird random nature of it. I was scared that things would poison me, like that my water, somehow someone had poisoned it at the gym or something for no reason. I don't even know why. Right now I have a lot of sensation in my head and I think I obsess over that a little bit too much. Like if I eat something, I'm like, how did that feel to my brain? Could I tell if that was putting like too much sugar based on what just happened in my brain and that's like been exhausting for me? And all of these things have felt like a gut, like your gut is like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And so that's been my whole life, you know, and that sucks because now I'm trying to like relearn what is my, who am I pretty much without my OCD. And that's a really weird feeling and very vulnerable and scary. That's kind of my life update other than like, that's kind of my mental health life update. But as far as just normal life goes, I have been hanging out with my family a lot, Keaton a lot. Um, we went camping the other week. It was really, really fun, relaxing. I, Keaton just went camping again. I didn't go because it seemed more of a bro thing. I like camping, but I have to be camping, camping. I can't just be riding in a car, like off-roading and stuff. We had a girls' night yesterday. We made cakes, like we decorated cakes. That was super fun. As well as last week, I went to three different types of exercise classes. I'm trying to find my thing still. I went to cycling, boxing, and Pilates. They were all free day pass or f like your first class was free. So I just went with Chelsea to try some of the things that she does. And... 
it was too expensive, so I will not be doing it again, but I can do it at home. The Pilates, at least. Other than that, I've just been chilling. Nothing crazy, just been working like normal. Been Haven't been gaming as much, but I kind of want to get back into gaming because it's very comforting to me. As well as I've been watching a lot of Dungeons and Dragons still. So let's talk about D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Divorce. Every single divorce that I've heard about and know about is so different. Each divorce is so different. The circumstances are usually very different. Uh, But there are common things that you feel through a divorce. So I kind of wanted to relate on those. Talk about my divorce a little bit. Maybe share some of my story. And also go through some of the stats that I saw on my story I posted. I asked some questions, so I'm going to go through those answers. First, I want to talk about like stigmas for divorce. So if you've never even been divorced or you're not even married or you're like, I don't, why would I want to listen to this? But I also wanted to talk about how you can support someone who's going through divorce, who's been divorced, and maybe just give you a little bit more insight and maybe help you if you like to gossip or talk a lot about you know what other people are going through I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about that part of it and what it's like to experience it on the receiving end of when you're going through something and you know people are talking about it and it's just not a good feeling and yeah it's just like we'll get into that a little bit starting off obviously a lot of people are getting divorced nowadays not a lot of people but obviously the divorce divorce rates are pretty high I don't know what they used to be compared to like whatever I didn't really do a lot of research on that I just kind of wanted to share my personal experience and from what I've heard from friends family and you know people who have gone through it as well and hear from you guys and talk about what you guys had sent me on my story there's a lot of the same answers so I kind of so I wanted to go through those as well and touch on some of the common ones that I saw and yeah so it should be fun this this part is kind of more so for people who have never been divorced or whatever or they just like to talk about what other people are going through and gossip about it and try to psychoanalyze and try to figure out what's going on and start to judge whoever's getting a divorce or about someone else's relationship is so gossip and just like sharing information is different to me I don't mind at all when people are just letting people know hey just so you are aware if you see like if you see Abby and you know she's not with her with so-and-so, they got a divorce or they're going through something and they're separated or blah, 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 blah. This is for a close, close family and friends and maybe extended, maybe, depending on how often you see people. I I personally, my mom told like close family and friends at that point um, once I was getting divorced because I didn't want to go to like a dinner or something when everyone was there and people started asking questions because that's even more uncomfortable. I'd rather it just be everyone knows. And so I don't have to tell the story a million times. And there wasn't a story to tell to anyone. My mom literally was just like, hey, just so you know, she's she's divorced. She's getting a divorce. So don't ask her any questions pretty much. No other information was needed. So that's fine. I think when gossiping starts to hit, it's when you start to judge, psychoanalyze, put yourself in the situation and be like, oh man, maybe I, like, I don't think I would have done that. I think they went around, they did that the wrong way. They shouldn't have done this and they should do this. And oh man, if I was in that position, I would have never done that. I think those are the things that are very hurtful. A, if the person ever finds out and B, it's just, it's not fun for the person going through it. So I don't think that it's anyone else's business first and foremost, ever really ever to talk about anyone in any circumstance. (laughs) 
behind their back, especially, and try to psychoanalyze and have it be a fun thing. I think that's something I don't love about the culture of TikTok and Instagram and stuff and just social media. It's very gossipy and, oh, did you know this, this, this? But I'm not saying that I I never am guilty of doing this, but I, I really do feel okay with myself saying I try, I try to never gossip, mostly because people don't know everything that went on. They They might know like snippets of a relationship or things they've heard through the grapevine no one else was in the relationship except for the people so even then it's like it's not your business I don't like it's just people think it's fun but it's for me it was personally very hurtful when people thought it was just fun to talk about my literal trauma and divorce and they just don't know anything and I and I really honestly didn't let it affect me to where I was beating myself up over it but it just really kind of showed me And it just kind of showed me who I can confide in and who I can trust to tell certain information to and who would keep it to themselves and would honor me and honor my space to not tell a bunch of people and talk about it a lot, you know, to support someone who's going through divorce. I think for me, it was helpful when people just followed my what I was feeling. Honestly, if I was angry and I wanted to talk shiz on him then get angry with her and talk shiz with her or him. Don't complain about it. Do not complain to them being like, oh, this is so exhausting that I'm having to go through this with you and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. You cannot, don't try to compare. Don't try to be like, this is so hard on me. That's hard on the person going through the divorce. And even if it is hard for you, don't talk to the person who's going through the divorce that it's hard or that it's exhausting to talk about it or hear about it a ton. Talk to your freaking significant other. Talk to your other friend or go see a therapist or something if it's that hard on you. I felt extremely supported when people would, again, hold a safe space for me and not judge me and not make like give me so much advice or give me a bunch of, I don't know, just made me feel okay with whatever I was feeling. Let me cry. Let me get angry. Let me dissociate, honestly, for some of it. And I think it's super important to know how to just help people in those situations just wanted to touch on that a little bit so if you just want to know how to maybe support someone better or in case that happens in the future with someone that you care about you kind of know how to treat them and treat the situation and be very gentle and it's not about you so here are the stats that I took a poll like I took a poll on and some of them surprised me and made me very sad Getting a divorce can feel very isolating, especially because not everyone you know around you has gotten a divorce, especially when you're young. You feel very confused. You feel like people are judging you because there's a lot of stigmas around young divorce, such as, oh, you didn't take marriage seriously. You didn't know what you were getting into. I hate when people say that because I don't think people know what marriage is until you've been married and you've been married for a while and you've gone through stuff together in your marriage because you can't experience anything if you've never experienced it. You can't, there's certain things I feel like for me that you can't really fully understand unless you've experienced them. And I feel like marriage is one of those things. People can give you advice. People can tell you this is not for the weak. This is hard. It's challenging. And you still are like young and in love. So you're going to do it. And a lot of times it works out. So I don't, I really don't think marrying young has anything to do with getting a divorce to be honest another stigma is that people who get divorced young have so much baggage and they're so they have so many issues that they didn't resolve and all of these things and like that were broken and 
unstable, I think is a main one that I was always scared people would think is, oh, you got divorced and you're only what, 25. So you're very unstable. That one hurts because I feel like a part of me does believe that still. And I'm working through that. That stigma is so wrong. Obviously, it depends on how they got divorced. Like if the person cheated, if they were the ones that cheated, they're the ones that, you know, were abusive or just didn't want to keep fighting for the marriage, then yeah, it's it is a little bit of a red flag if you're getting into a relationship with someone like that you just want to make sure that you know they've learned their lesson they're serious about it now but I think for the most part people who have gotten divorced didn't go into the marriage thinking oh I'm just gonna get divorced if it doesn't work out it's like it's a it was a 100 I would never get divorced for me and then it just people give up and you have literally no choice but to get divorced. So it's just a a risk. They always say love is a risk and people are like, yeah, yeah, it's a risk. But then people don't realize how much of a risk it is until you get a divorce or until someone, the person you're with just completely gives up. And then you realize you have no choice but to also give up. So it's not what people think it is. I would have never gotten a divorce. That was never in the papers for me. That was never a plan. That was never, I would have rather died. But when someone kind of up and leaves or they just give up or whatever the circumstances, you're like, uh, okay, well, I guess this is what's happening. And you live through it. And look, I'm alive and I'm well. So and then I think also going go back to like the gossipy part of just talking about other people's lives a lot, especially relationship stuff. People just love talking about that for some reason that because that just because you've heard about maybe what happened that, you know, and that you have all the correct information and stuff. I don't know. Just be careful with that. Be mindful, I guess, if you're constantly always in other people's business. Try to maybe think about that and ask yourself why. Like I said, divorce can be very isolating. So I kind of want to validate that. Not saying you should feel isolated, but it's it's okay that you're feeling that. And it's you're not crazy for feeling that you're not someone that's being a baby or something. It's it, it, it can be very isolating and it is very hard when you have married friends or people that are just happily, you know, in a relationship around you or whatever it is, even if they're trying to be nice and make you feel better. Because I have very supportive friends and family, but still, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes you just get in your head and you feel very isolated. There's just certain scars with your relationships that when you get into a new one, even if you got remarried, it's just, I don't think for me, I just will never feel the same. And I think I've come to terms with that. And I've actually am excited about that because I think I just know the risk now. And there's something beautiful about that, that I want to try it again you know, and give it my all again and just not give up on love. So, okay. Out of the 1800 people that answered this question, have you been divorced? Only 62 people said yes. So out of 1800, that's that, uh, answered. So not just saw, but answered said, um, only 62 said, yes, you have gone divorced. So that alone I saw, I was like, I don't know why I thought it would be higher. Maybe I just think only divorced people follow me now, but I was shocked for some reason. And I was like, okay, that's maybe why I feel a little bit alone sometimes because not everyone has gone divorced. So I forget that sometimes. <laughs> um, okay. And then also this is just kind of a side note for being cheated on. It was 65% said yes. And it was around the same numbers. Oh wait, 35% of people said yes. And then 65% of people said no for that one. So It's pretty close, but there's definitely a big gap between the two. I asked people if they feel like they fully healed from either of the two. 
And it was pretty much 50-50. I think that was mostly for cheating, though. So that was interesting that half people were like, I think so. And half people were like, no. And then I asked, do you feel isolated from being like a divorced person from having a divorce? And 60% of people said yes and 40% said no. So that number was not that shocking to me. I think I expected it to be more for yes, honestly. But it made me happy that 40% said no. Again, that wasn't a huge amount of people that answered that because there's only 62 people that watched and said Yes, they've gotten divorced. So do you feel discouraged for not being fully healed? That was a question that I asked. And this one kind of got me. 86% of people said yes, they get discouraged and hard on themselves for not being fully healed. And 14% of people said no. That number speaks volumes. And I think I felt very validated for some reason when I saw how many people said yes, they feel discouraged. And kind of are hard on themselves because I get so hard on myself and so discouraged when I find myself still holding on to something that I didn't even realize I was holding on to from my divorce or my past relationship. And I get so mean to myself sometimes. I'm really trying hard to break that cycle. Like I have made leaps and bounds though on how I treat myself. I still have a lot to go though. I came from a very bad place But it's crazy to me that 86% of people said yes, they still feel discouraged from not being fully healed. And that's from cheating and divorce. So there's a lot of people that answered that one. That just breaks my heart because it's not even our fault. It's not even your fault. And yet you're so hard on yourself that you're not just over it. I definitely feel that that's something that makes me feel isolated, specifically that mindset of, I just wish I was over it so I could talk about relationships the same as everyone else around me. I have realized as well, I get so nervous and scared that other people are going to see me as like a bitter, crazy divorced person. And let's be honest, I think we all know a couple people in our lives that have never fully processed maybe a breakup or a divorce. And it shows in their actions and their bitterness and their distrust with people. But it's it's been like 20, 30 years and they still can't let it go. And that's what I've then that's what I see. And so I'm so scared that I'm going to become like that. So I try to hurry up and get over it. So I'm not like that. And that's also something that that's my issue that I was judging someone that was holding on to something that was really scarring for them. I personally don't want to do that, but I also can't help if it takes my body, if it takes me a long time to heal from that. It might take me a really long time to heal from a divorce fully, whatever that even looks like. Or it might take me not that long. It really does just depend. But I think that's something in the back of my head that I always get nervous about that I'm going to appear bitter or that I, I want to make sure that I don't appear bitter and that people don't see me as just a divorced person that's now angry and stuff. And I don't know why we care so much about that stuff. But instead of thinking it like that, I think maybe just taking it into your own hands and saying, you know what, it might take me 10 years to get over this fully. I'm going to do the best that I can. But I also don't want it to be that long and really let myself feel everything. And maybe people think in 10 years, whatever, you're a bitter divorced person because you talk about it every once in a while. 
And you know what? Even if that's the case, if you're happy still and you're not actually bitter and that's just a perception people want to believe, then they can go for it and you can just thrive and be happy. So I think that's something that limits me from healing and really feeling everything that I want to feel and move through things that I want to move through and talk about it when I want to talk about it. I don't want to care anymore about the perception that I have and make sure I'm a good divorced person rather than like a bitter one. But I get the concept because I genuinely don't want to be bitter. No one wants to be bitter. That, that, that is not a very fun life. I think I just know better. I've seen that people aren't happy like that. So I don't want to be like that. And that's okay. But I think the like the huge fear that I have of appearing like that to other people sometimes makes me feel maybe more isolated or more like set back, I guess. But I don't know. I've already talked about this for a while. So this might be a longer episode. But I really did just want to, for all the girls out there and guys that have gone divorced, especially young around my age, you're definitely not alone. It's okay that you feel isolated and that you feel like now your relationships are tainted or it might take a long time for you to really feel happy in a relationship again or just happy with yourself again. You will find someone that is willing to be very patient with you and who believes in you, who sees something in you and will not give up on you. And he, he or she will know that it'll be very hard to be with you, especially because you've been divorced. And let's be honest, it does add a little bit of baggage. But you know what? Maybe that baggage is a bunch of gold, huh? Maybe that luggage, you unzip it and it's a bunch of gold in there. It looks heavy. It looks heavy, looks, looks exhausting. But then they unzip it. You get to the destination, you unzip it, and it's gold. And that's why it was heavy. Because that's what you are. You might be a little bit more challenging to break through. You might be a little bit more on your, uh, on your guard. You might be a little bit more protected. But don't you dare for a second start to beat yourself up over that again. Nope. Not even for that reason. Or that one. There is no reason. There is literally no reason. None of those thoughts are right. None of those ideas are right that you need to beat yourself up more for not being healed yet. You need to beat yourself up more for not feeling totally 100% trust in the person you're with. Your friends, family, people who haven't gone through the same things will never fully get what you're going through. So you need to learn how to validate your experience. And that takes a long time. And that's very hard to do after feeling like you can't trust yourself. But being hard on yourself and putting so much pressure on yourself is just going to keep you stuck. And it's going to keep you further from yourself. Honestly, there is no reason, no matter how hard you're like, no matter what thoughts come up, and what excuses your brain is sending you as to why you can't be more compassionate or why you can't take things slower. You can give yourself time and space to heal and it's okay to feel distrust. It's okay to feel anxious about your relationship. You're not broken. You're not abusive. You're not toxic for that. Obviously on how you react to certain things, but the feelings, that's okay. You're going to be okay. Okay, good. A lot of the advice I saw really quick was time was a major one, which I thought was interesting because I think time, but I also fully believe that you have to be doing a lot of work during that time because I know people who have 
you know, went through something a long time ago and, and they're 40, 50 years old now and they still hold a lot of resentment. So I feel like to work on not holding resentment, I did see a lot of time, um, therapy, a lot of connecting with friends and family. I think that's been a big one for me. I isolated a lot because I felt um, like I should isolate myself. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel loved. I felt like everyone was being fake to me. Um, because once you're abandoned or, you know, love doesn't work out, it's devastating and it's so confusing. So stay connected to your friends and family, start to get to know yourself was a big one. Like realizing that it was them, not you. Um, a lot was just loving yourself, taking care of yourself. Don't ask yourself why this only leads to comparison and new insecurities in yourself. I really liked that one. When you get a relation, when you get into a relationship, you feel like you're half and half, but no, it's 100% and then 100% and you come together. Counting yourself as a whole person outside of your relationship, even if you're in a new one, is massive. This I'll, I'll end with this one because this one was funny. The best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. Um, I, I was going to talk about some of the specifics of my divorce, but I feel like maybe I'll save that for another day and I'll kind of give the tea if you haven't already heard the tea, but... I don't, I think, I think we'll just wrap that up for, for, for now, for that part of the episode. Dear Abby, here we go. Dear Abby, uh, first I want to thank you for speaking about your mental health as someone struggling with their own mental health journey. It's nice to hear that you're not alone. My question is, how do you find your self-confidence again or your ability to trust in people? Um, I'm in college and I've just had a bunch of bad experiences with men being objectified or cheated on and just deceived. And I find myself really struggling in the, with the person I'm dating right now to feel self-assured or to just completely trust them. I find my mind always wondering about whether or not this person's lying to me, which they haven't given me a reason to believe so, and just feeling like I'm just going to be abandoned or rejected for another option or someone better looking in general thank you okay that kind of ties in with a little bit about what i was saying previously but so i guess first and foremost be patient with yourself and don't try to beat yourself up more for having a little bit of trust taken from you because of someone else's actions obviously step one which is obvious but this is a lot easier said than done is to compartmentalize that those guys, they did what they did and they suck for that. But, you know, the person you're with isn't any of those previous guys. And even though I'm sure your brain and, you know, your nervous system doesn't like that because it wants to, it doesn't, you don't like to feel that way. Everyone hates feeling rejected. It's a horrible feeling. But if this is someone that you're really into and if you're dating in a relationship with, I think you do owe it to yourself, not to not necessarily to them, okay? Let's not worry about who you're with right now. Just between us, you deserve to trust someone. You deserve to feel safe in someone's arms. You deserve to feel relaxed with a partner. There's things that you can practice doing, which is obviously like mindfulness which to me would just look like in this case is if you notice you're not wanting to open up, you're not wanting to really let yourself be vulnerable or intimate with him, depending on, 
you know, where you guys are at in that type of relationship. But if you notice that you're holding back a lot, just notice it without judging yourself or being like, oh, you're such a selfish brat. You need to open up and look what he's doing. He's doing all these things. It's your turn and you need to be more kind. It's like, just be kind with yourself. You deserve to put your trust in someone that's worthy of your trust. So, so honestly, I think it's okay sometimes to wait a little bit to really open up your heart. I think there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with guarding your heart a little bit at the beginning of a relationship, especially if it's new and you're trying to learn about them. I say this might be bad, but try to open up as much as you can. But sometimes there's blocks and sometimes it just takes a while to get past those blocks. And you sometimes you really do need to see and have this person kind of show that they're trustworthy if you've been scarred by the past. And that's not saying you can't be a good partner and be supportive and kind and sweet and gentle with them. It doesn't mean you're accusing them. It doesn't mean you're, you know, being a jerk to them or emotionally abusing them. But it's just okay that you sometimes need to see proof in order to really let your guard down. So if that's something you're worrying about, don't feel bad if you need to be with them a little bit longer to really fully let yourself trust them. Just be really patient with yourself and express to them if you haven't already that maybe like maybe you react sometimes poorly to something and maybe he doesn't understand why and you guys get in a little bit of a fight or some or you hurt his feelings. You don't justify, you know, bad actions like if you if you don't trust him and if he's done nothing to betray your trust, but you're um, accusing him of stuff that's that's not pleasant for for him, for the person you're with ever. You know, no one deserves that, especially if he, hasn't, if he hasn't done anything. However, if he does really like you and does want to be with you, he will be a little bit understanding. He'll want to give you the benefit of the doubt. He'll want to trust you and help you and help you heal um, and be patient with you. However, you do need to explain probably if again, this is only if it's really getting in the way of your relationship to explain that, hey, look, this is what's happened to me in my past. So when you say or do or act like A, B or C, even though I know you're not doing anything to hurt me intentionally or that's actually betraying my trust, like you're not doing anything like that. But to me, this is my physical reaction. This is how I feel you know, my chest gets really tight. My brain starts to like really overanalyze and I start to get really anxious. So that's why I sometimes react or overreact. And I'm sorry for that because I'm sure that's not a pleasant experience for you. So I take accountability and I'm sorry. Just have a discussion if you need to. And also just a side note, if someone does leave you for someone else, the more that we can adapt the mindset of really being like, if he, if he can, if you can take him for me, you can have him. Because I truly am a big believer that a man that wants to be with you will literally be so obsessed with you. The The boyfriend should love the girlfriend a little bit more than the girlfriend loves the boyfriend. Now, that could be toxic. I think it's just because men are more sexual. So they have like this innate obsession thing with women. But you'll find a man that's obsessed with you that'll never want to make you feel like that feel like that anyways because of just your past but he'll want to help you and help you heal and let you flourish into someone that's just not scared of that because even if that happens you'll you'll be okay you'll bounce back all right well that was the dear abby thank you for sending your voicemail in my game is kind of a dumb game the game that i have is pretty much just fire questions of would you like not would you rather this or that questions 
for no reason. This or that. Pretty much. Two, two options. I answer which one based on first thing that comes to my head. I'll go through these. These are for kids also. So I thought that would be uh, more fun than serious ones because I'm sick of that shiz. You know, what's funny. I was thinking I'm actually not like if you were to. When you know me in my day to day life, I really am not that serious all the time. And I talk about really serious things on my not serious things, but I talk about deep stuff on my podcast. I, I think about I'm very I'm a very thought provoking I'm a very thoughtful person I think a lot about things but make a lot of jokes I don't really take anything super seriously in my day-to-day life but internally and in my intimate you know relationships I like having these types of conversations but other than that I literally just joke around all day so it's just funny because I feel like you don't really see that that much on here but you will probably eventually okay dinosaurs or robots robots only child or six siblings? Six siblings. Brother or sister? Sister. Only because I hang out with her more. Uh, ice cream or pizza? Oh, pizza. That was hard. That one wouldn't... Usually when you say something, something like something sticks out to you more, but this was just... It was on the same playing field. Ice cream and pizza were the exact same. It, they felt the exact same amount of importance in my head. Video games or board games? Video games. Play outdoors or indoors? indoors two extra toes or two extra fingers extra fingers three eyes or three hands three eyes superman or batman batman well yeah batman be invisible or be able to fly fly uh, fly it'd be good exposure cat or dog dog vampire frankenstein vampire harry potter or lord of the rings lord of the rings talk to animals or perfect grades how many kids know about lord of the rings i feel like that's like an old thing people don't watch that anymore do they i mean i do but do little kids talk to animals or perfect grades talk to animals cinderella or snow white you're telling me perfect grades is more valuable than talking to animals i guess these are kids so they're not looking to monetize cinderella or snow white snow white sith or jedi jedi chess or checkers Chess or checker? I just got anxious because it's Sith or Jedi because it's like good and evil. Oh, see, so he really do be acting up. Chess or checkers? Chess. No sound or no color? No sound. PlayStation or Nintendo? Uh, Nintendo. My ex had a PlayStation, so now it gives me the ick. Santa or the Easter Bunny? Santa. Santa for sure. Oh, wow. There was 150 of those. I'm not doing 150 of those ever. I was thinking you guys it would be fun if I did a, a Dungeons and Dragons episode. Bear with me. And I just uh, streamed. Not sh- Well, yeah, I guess maybe stream. I could stream it on Twitch if I had a million cameras and a million microphones and lived with people who play D- Dungeons and Dragons. But I thought maybe it'd be fun if I did a Dungeons and Dragons thing. And recorded it and put it on the podcast or and so it's can or put it on YouTube with my family because every once in a while we'll play like a one shot. And I just think that would be freaking fun to play and then post. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Next week, it'll be a little bit more of a fun loving episode. I feel as though we go 
from super deep to not as heavy, then to a little bit heavy and then not as heavy and then kind of back and forth. I'm going to try to keep it balanced for y'all. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place, different outfit, probably. Actually, I think I'm wearing the same shirt as I did last week or the week before and same uh, different episode. Please feel free to go give me a five star rating, a raving five star review. I mean, wait, rating and review. Also on Spotify, it'll ask you, how did you think, what did you think about this episode? If you want to answer it, you can give me your honest opinion and I will probably take it personally and then reflect on it and then not take it personally if it was mean. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, so